She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. In the uh, story about Rod Rosenstein on Friday, it was mentioned that he had been involved in circulating discussions about invoking the 25th Amendment to have the president removed from office. Were you ever involved in any of those discussions? Were you aware of any of those discussions? Literally, I have never once been in the White House where that conversation has happened. I am not aware of any cabinet members that are even talking about that. It is completely and totally absurd. A smear campaign, pure and simple, aided and abetted by members of the United States Senate. And now, Stacey Washington. Oh, yeah. We are back and, um, you know, buckle up. It's, it's the truth, unvarnished and coming straight at you from the heartland. Thanks for being with us today. Go to AFR.net and UrbanFamilyTalk.com for more podcasts, etc. Great stuff for you there. Uh, right now, I want to go to the phones. We have Richard in Texas. Thanks for calling the show today, Richard. Thanks for calling in. Hello. Hello. Yes, this is Richard. How are you doing today? Well, what's your comment? Well, I was I found a little couple of verses in the Bible. They're very short. It talks about, uh, I think, kind of explains a lot of what we're hearing today. Mm-hmm. It just says, and this is in Second Thessalonians, but this is 10 and 11. It says, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. Mm. You know, all these people you see just protesting and these women that are coming up and saying these things happen, I think they actually believe this because they believe a lie, even though it's not a truth. They're just, you know, they've been deluded into thinking things and stuff. And it's really hard to have a conversation with these people because they believe what they're, what they're espousing. Mm-hmm. And the only way I, and I tell this to my daughters, the only way you can, quote, quote, win a discussion with these people, they have to come to know Christ and know the truth. Because the, the scales that are over their eyes and, and their ears really prevent them from hearing what you're saying. Uh, Richard, you're so right. I, I, I have had these conversations before where I'm talking to someone and, and I think we're getting somewhere and then they'll just, they'll just, it's like something just passes over them and they'll say, well, you just hate yourself or they just go to, they go straight to insults or they'll, they'll repeat something that they said earlier that I've already debunked with facts you know, not emotions, not an argument. It's a calm discussion. And then they just go back to that and they'll say, but I still believe, you know, whatever. And then it's like, where do you go from there? You know, <laughs> you I, just I'm get just frustrated talking to them. Well, you, you, just, do. you don't know what to say because you're like, well, wait, I, you brought that up 10 minutes ago. And I already told you that that's not true. And I showed you where we could find that, that that's not true. But you're right. Maybe what you say then is, do you know Jesus? And then if they say, what? Yeah, maybe share the gospel. Maybe just say, you know, did you know Jesus died on the cross and saved him? Maybe I should try that because what you're saying, that scripture is so applicable here. Well, it's almost like convincing somebody the sky is blue and they're just there to know it's green. You know, you you can't argue that with them because they actually believe it's green. And they're not going to hear you when you say it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Was there another scripture? You said you had more than one. Well, now that that was it. Just those that's out of Second Thessalonians, it talks about Satan and all that type of stuff. But it gets down to those two verses there. I just and the Lord opened my eyes to a lot of things sometimes, and I don't know what, where this came from, but I just found it and I said, "Wow, that just explains my conversations with these people." Mm-hmm. 
It really does. Thank you, Richard. I appreciate that. That's, that's good, good uh, scripture, good scripture applicable to this situation. I, I, you know, I just, so it's, I, I have to say I've, I've, um, I've come a ways, not by my own, like I need to go a ways. I thought the way I was doing it before was so useful, which was, you know, the utter smackdown. It's WWF. I'm coming in with the facts and, you know, you just ain't getting anywhere with this. And what I've come to know is that a lot of people can uh, maybe hear some of that. They maybe can be, uh, you know, present for some of that. But what happens is if they're being smacked down, it leaves them nowhere to go, you know, to kind of redeem their dignity. Because if they're utterly wrong about something and everything they believe is wrong, it's just too much of a thing to swallow all in one sitting. And so Richard is right that, that there's a, it's a belief but it's also, it's a warning to the rest of us. If, if you can decipher the truth from a lie, that means you've not been deceived. It also means that you have to guard your mind and your heart so that you don't become a recipient of that madness. It, so it really, it becomes a kind of a brutal walking step by step and pushing away lies, refusing to accept them, refusing to hear them or, or accept them in and really sticking to the truth, holding on to it for dear life. And it so it means you are obviously strong enough to accept the fact that there will be some backlash. There will be some people who, uh, when they realize you're not going to you know, sit around and drink lies with them, they will be against you. Um, and it may be just, you know, re- the removal of their friendship or their company. Or it might be, you know, that they're actively working against you behind your back. This can happen with other Christians where they're like, oh, you know, I was with you until you said you were against abortion or I was with you until you said that you support the Second Amendment. And then they're actively working against you. And so, you know, I don't. You have to pray about it and you have to be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit and and really wanting to be obedient and I know I've been on a little bit of a kick with that lately, but it's it's a struggle for all of us. Um, you know, what you'll find is if one person's struggling with something, especially in your Christian walk, if it's something that you're like you're you're in the trenches and you're battling, um, there are others who are in in that same vein as well. And it can be at work, it can be in the home, it can be in, you know, in group that you're working in, whether it's Bible study or or something that you're doing, you know, an actual organization that you're working with, and you're trying to figure out how do I navigate this? And God will lead if you would just say, hey, you know what, Lord, I don't know what to do here. Um, But you're pretty much always going to come down on the side of God wanting you to be obedient to those placed in authority over you. And, you know, it's not always easy to do, but it's worth it. It's worth it to get those blessings. And it's not that you're saying, I want material things, so I'm going to be obedient. Mm -mm, I'm talking about those other blessings that God gives. He's he's so good to give to us the blessings that really matter, which are the blessings in our relationships, uh, you know, in our in our health or being able to be maybe not as healthy, but still be able to to bear through it, to give us the endurance to to deal with these earthly bodies, all of that, that that's what God has in store for us. And if we want that, we have to be willing to be obedient to him. Um, in all things, it's not easy. But is anything good easy? I'm, I'm looking for that one thing that's easy and good. Haven't found it yet. Let's go back to the phones. David in Indiana, thank you for calling the show today. 
Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, David. Welcome to the program. Hey, Stacy. Hey, I'm a first-time caller. Oh, thanks for calling in today. Yes, yes. Hey, I I'm just listening to you uh, share about you know uh, your background. I mean, I too was I come up and you know my Democrat and uh, just sort of went along with that. I mean, that's what my dad taught us, so we sort of did. But then once I got saved, the Lord started to see different things that. Uh, if I was going to preach the gospel, I had to stand on the word of God, and I just couldn't go along with the things that they stood for any longer. And so you know, I think uh, that now what they're doing with uh, Brett Kavanaugh is, is, you know, it took me back to Roy Moore. I mean, they drug him through the mud. There was all false accusations, and and now they're, they're, they're all gone. It's like now they just go back out and hide, and, but they've ruined this man's reputation. I think it's time for us, as you said, it's not about B or R. It's about who's got integrity, who's going to stand on the issues that I stand for. Because uh, abortion is just certain things I can't go along with. We got to draw a line in the sand, right? Because um, there's there's plenty of things in the body with, that we can disagree about, but we don't have to divide over. But abortion is a place where we have to divide, you know, and and. It's not biblical and we can find the, the, the support for life and we can see where God admonishes not to do this. Uh, we can see examples of people in the Bible who did this and what happened to them. We, I mean, we're, we're clear and, you know, thank you for sharing that, David. I, I, it's a hard place when you come to the realization that you've been supporting something that's wrong, right? I mean, it's just, it's not easy to do. Yeah. And I, I just had to make a choice. I mean, and it, it started out, and you know, uh, the the biggest thing I, I really face is who said because we was of uh, dark skin or we was black people that we had to be Democrats. Uh, you know, where did they get that at? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, honestly, it, this is yeah that that is what the prevailing thought is. But I prefer to be you know a trailblazer. Not that there's you know, a million people like, oh, look, she's blazing a trail. Let's follow. But then I'm just going to go my own way because I'm only going to be held accountable for me, not anybody else. Right. That this is the way that that it, this whole thing is set up. Yes. Yes. And, and I had to stand. I mean, sometimes even it's family because I said, if I'm going to preach the gospel, I'm going to live by the gospel. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I you know, it's it's the road we're on. And so we have to pick a path and stick with it. And I just think, you know, as Christians, we need to check the word of God before we start talking about what all we're supporting or not supporting, um, because it's we don't get to change it. The, the word of God is not a uh, fill in the blank document. It's not a scrapbook that we get to decide what's in it. It's already there. It's complete. We just have to find our way through to obeying and, and, and working through what's there. Yes, I, I tell you, and that was something that I I decided and. Long ago, and that was like I just can't go along with things that's not biblical, and uh, you know, go along with the program just to go along. I even ran for office, and a lot of people didn't support me, but that was okay. I still got a lot of support mm-hmm. because of the values I stood on, and you know, and so those are the things that I look at. If I got values, I'm gonna stand on my values regardless. Well, and I think, you know, your work is never wasted. And so, David, you ran for office and you got some support there. But I think you probably empowered some others to step out in faith and be bold 
as you did when you ran and, and, you know, God always uses all of our work. He never lets any of it go to waste. Thank you so much for your call today and for listening. First time caller. Thank you, sir. All right. So we are going to get back to the show sheet here. And I just, I was really, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for Dr. Carson (laughs) and, you know, I've interviewed him in person. I've interviewed him here on the program and he's always such a kind, sweet spirit, but he don't play around when he's telling the truth. And this is no different. He says the liberals failure to control the courts has actually set them off. Like that's what this temper tantrum is all about. It's number five. If you really understand the big picture of what's going on, then what's going on with Judge Kavanaugh will make perfectly good sense to you. Because you see, there have been people in this country for a very long time, go all the way back to the Fabians, who have wanted to fundamentally change this country. They don't like what America is and what it represents, and they want to change us to another system. And in order to do that, there are three things that they must control. The educational system, the media, and the courts. Okay, the first two they have. The courts they thought they had, and it was snatched out from under their noses in November of 2016. So, you know, they're like wet hornets, you know, just completely lost control at that point and have gone off the deep end. And the further they get away from being able to control the courts, the more desperate they become. And so, I mean, he's not wrong, right? (laughs) He's not wrong. He's, what he's saying is that after getting control of America's education system, if you don't, if you don't believe that they're in control of the K through 12 education system, look at the millennials, look at the kids who are in college right now where if someone's speaking on campus that they don't like, instead of them just not going and listening, they have to burn police cars and do billions of dollars in property damage and have a safe space in which to stand around and cry, scream at the sun. Uh, You know, they have to bang themselves up against stuff, run around naked. You know, I mean, (laughs) we're talking about big people here. Not, I'm not talking about a bunch of toddlers and, you know, God bless you little sweet, juicy leg toddlers because you don't deserve that comparison. But we're talking about young adults losing their mind because someone they don't like is coming to their campus to speak. That's liberalism and bad parenting. Yeah. All right, when we get back, we're going to have more for you from uh, Pompeo. He's going to be doing some audio from him and uh, other news. Stay there. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You know, the very first day in Israel, when we're staying in Jerusalem, we go to the Mount of Olives. And it's there at the Mount of Olives we look out over the old city of Jerusalem. It's a spectacular sight. You've seen it in pictures before, but it's another thing to actually be there as we walk down from the Mount of Olives to the Garden of Gethsemane and we pray there. It's going to be a wonderful time with brothers and sisters from around the country visiting the Holy Land, the land of Jesus. If you want information on this March 14th through the 22nd tour, just call us and we'll send you a brochure. Call 1-800-FAMILIES, F-A-M-I-L-I-E-S, option 5, and leave us your name and your address and we'll mail you a brochure. 
Or if you want to simply go online at TWHolyLand.com, everything's there. TWHolyLand.com. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. You know, conspiracies have been around for centuries, but the Internet has made it much easier to promote a conspiracy that has the potential of going viral before rational people can begin to tamp down the hysteria. The older conspiracies were presented and promoted primarily by people who believed the government wasn't telling the whole truth. The National Treasure series of movies and the television shows like The X-Files probably even fed into some of that skepticism. But the latest conspiracies are coming from the left who apparently see Nazi symbols and white power symbols just about everywhere. Here are two examples. During the confirmation hearings for Judge Brett Kavanaugh, attorney Zinnabash was sitting behind him. As a former law clerk for the judge, she was helping steer his nomination to the Supreme Court. Apparently, she has a tendency to rest her fingers on her arm in what could be best described as a reverse OK sign. One Twitter post complained that she was flashing a white power sign because they want to bring white supremacy to the Supreme Court. That post alone got more than 15,000 retweets. The Internet uproar forced her husband to publicly defend Zena and point out that she is Jewish, Mexican-American, and the descendant of Holocaust survivors. Another series of examples is the number of times someone on the left sees Nazi symbols. One comedian asked a Twitter user, are you wearing a Nazi uniform? The profile picture was actually of his father in an army uniform who was killed in Vietnam. A New York staffer was forced to resign when she accused a veteran who lost his legs in Afghanistan of being a Nazi because she assumed one of the tattoos was an iron cross when it was really a symbol for his platoon. The last few weeks have provided lots of examples of people on the left believing some bizarre conspiracies. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. From Universal 1440, Unbroken, Path to Redemption, the rest of World War II hero Louis Zamperini's true story, now playing rated PG-13. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. And Secretary Pompeo, if I may ask you a follow-up on North Korea. Um, before you went to the summit with Kim Jong-un in Singapore, uh, you did not have uh, an agreement really in place uh, for complete denuclearization. Uh, why should you have another summit with Kim Jong-un, a second summit the president talked about this morning, if you don't have the details in place? It, it just seems, even to the layman, that you sort of have the process backwards, that you would want the details in place before having a summit. And here you may do it for a second time. Uh, two things. Fact check. Um, I've been with the administration since the beginning, too. Uh, just, I don't know that that's relevant. Um, but I'll add no discussion with me about the 25th Amendment anywhere either. So you can now report that there are two senior leaders that have, have said that your statement, your question was ludicrous. Um, second point with respect to North Korea. Look, well, we went. And I apologize for not remembering that you were the CIA director. Obviously, you were the CIA director. Um, if it's so ludicrous, why did the Deputy Attorney General have discussions about it behind the scenes? I, I, find, I find the question ludicrous. I've been involved. I've been at the center of this administration, along with lots of other folks, for uh, from virtually day one. I think it was actually day three or four. I've never heard anyone talk about it, whisper about it, joke about it in any way. I've been in a lot of meetings with a lot of senior officials from this government. Wow. So Jim Acosta, a name we haven't said on the show or heard from in a little bit. Seems like he's been, you know, maybe chastened just a tad. And he's not been, you know, all up in our faces. He's back. 
asking inane, useless questions and provoking smackdowns, Jim Acosta. Welcome back, guy. Welcome back. Uh, so um, speaking of inviting the smackdown, I don't know if you guys know. Did you? So what just just, you know, did you were you aware? Would, had it had it reached your ears or your eye holes, you know, where you were you know looking around or consuming a bit of news that activist and filmmaker and donut eater extraordinaire Michael Moore had actually made another anti-Trump film. It called it Fahrenheit 11.9 and that it was released in theaters nationwide on Friday. You might not know about it because you were watching the Trump rally or maybe you were like me, you had, you know, doing something else because you were traveling or doing whatever. Maybe you were just sitting at home eating a nice dinner and then, you know, playing some Scrabble with family. Maybe it's, it's just you could have been doing anything. This is America. You could have been doing anything. And maybe you just didn't know about the film or maybe you knew about it and you were like, I'm not going to watch that garbage. Either way, you weren't alone. Moore's satirical takedown of President Trump and the current political landscape in America picked up an abysmal 3.1 million it opened in 1,719 venues. Moore had a few curse words to drop about it. Here's a comment. Uh, here's a comment about it. It's hard to have an impact when audiences are already tired of the subject. Why are they going to shell out for a political screed on a big screen when they can just channel surf between CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News for much the same payoff, that sense of Trump fatigue is cause for concern at the box office. Now, I think it's interesting that the person who, you know, made that quote, um, Michael Moore, that he would say that because I don't think there's Trump fatigue. I'm not fatigued by the president in the slightest. Um, I know a ton of women who are also, you know, Trump supporters who are not uh, also not tired. Uh, I actually think there's some fatigue around the way he's treated in the media and the way his words are distorted and the way everything that comes out of the administration is taken to be, you know, the end of the world doomsday scenarios on all of that. But if there was fatigue, there would not be 11,000 people on the outside of the venue and 11 in, you know, there, it wouldn't be that wherever the president, you get the email and it says, there's going to be a rally here, get your tickets. And within 24 hours, they'll say there are no more tickets, but you can get, Basically, you can register to come to the event, and if everyone doesn't show up, you can still get in. Um, do still please come. I mean, fatigue doesn't manifest itself in that way. If if there was Trump fatigue and Michael Moore had an audience, then he would have had a hundred million on his opening weekend for his anti-Trump, you know, pack of lies. And President Trump would be traveling to these rallies because he's not on the ballot in November. So there's no reason for people who are voting to show up to these Trump rallies if they're sick of Donald Trump. They would just not go. He would have a rally and the media would show up and there would be no one there or there'd just be a few people or maybe there'd be 1,719 people there. <laughs> or, you know, there'd be 31 people there. Or, or just, I mean... <laughs> Are you with me? There's no way people are tired of him and they're waiting for hours and hours on end, 12 hours to get into an event that he's coming to, to speak for two hours or one hour. It's not like he was on the ground in Springfield speaking to this group for an, a protracted period of time. It was a good length of speech, but certainly he was also there to do a fundraiser for the candidate that he was supporting, Josh Hawley. And, you know, that's it. Now, remember, we had Sandra McDowell on the program yesterday. 
And we, I, I told you that Demetrius and Devin, both producers for the program, actually reached out to her opponent, Nicole Galloway, and requested that she come on and talk about her candidacy. And no response to Demetrius. Devin got an email back that said, we respectfully decline. Now, I think that's a nice way of saying no, and I do appreciate that. But why? You can't find 10 minutes to come on the show and talk about your candidacy? Oh, wait, I know. You're not going to come on the show because I'm a woman? No, I'm kidding. I, I know it's not sexism. It's because I'm Stacy on the right. Shoot. Should have thought about that when I named the show. Too late. Anyway, she says she's not coming on. So, But we did ask. We did ask more than one time. So, And we did finally get an answer. And I can at least give her some kudos for replying um, Claire McCaskill's office has not yet replied. In fact, we'll reach out again. I will ask my producers extraordinaire to reach out again, and we'll see if Claire McCaskill will at least say no to us, nicely or rudely. I don't care. I just would like an answer back. Um, so that was, to me, pretty hilarious that he spent all that time running around and mixing together this audio and this these visuals uh, to try to make people hate President Trump. And then nobody showed up to the movie theater to see it. So now Dinesh D'Souza, that's somebody who can throw down a documentary and get lots and lots of people to come see it. But apparently Michael Moore has lost his anti-Trump touch. Too bad. I mean, I don't know how, why, why did he think it was going to last anywhere? Um, and then this is breaking news as well. And I just, again, why does Michael Avenatti have all of that time on the news? Because the left hopes to put him up. They think he's a, an equivalent to Donald Trump, except Michael Avenatti has achieved what? He writes checks to who? He employs who? He's built what? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, for, for anything you might say to detract from President Trump, at least he has a verified history decades in the business world. He changed the actual visual landscape of the city of New York and you can look around and see landmarks that were previously defunct and garbage that are now functioning, operating tourist sites thanks to Donald Trump. So, you, you know, love him, hate him, whatever your thing is. But the man has changed New York City. He's done. He's employed tens of thousands of people. And he's a businessman with a proven track record of success. And for those who like to scoff at the fact that he's only worth five billion or three billion. I'm sorry. Where are your billions? Because um, if you're going to scoff at somebody only having three or five billion, you must have 20 billion then. And so I do want to sit down with you and talk about how you amassed a, a fortune of billions of dollars and learn from you. But first, I just want to, you know, can you do do you have billions? Because you have more billions than that, because I just I don't want to I don't want to hear you scoffing if you don't have more than more billions. That's that's how I feel about it. So 4chan prankster has claimed that they have punked Michael Avenatti. Now, if we had that, uh, the little button that you push where you hear applause or people laughing, I would definitely push that right here. But you can imagine it in your mind with me as we go through this. A poster at 4chan made an unconfirmed claim on Tuesday morning that he and his girlfriend punked the attorney of uh, the unfortunate business prospect worker. I don't, I don't even like to give her, she's not a star of anything, Stormy Daniels. I forget what her real name is. Um, her attorney... Michael Avenatti was actually punked by them, they claim, into going public with an outrageously false story accusing Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh and his prep school classmate Mark Judge 
of plying women at school era parties with drugs and alcohol for purposes of, you know, felonious assault, felonious sexual assault. I mean, I'm having to pick my words carefully here because I just don't want to play into this whole dumbing down of our cultural lexicon by just any old thing going. And and I understand we're all adults and we can all have chats and we can be real, but there's got to be a way that we can try to elevate the discourse as, as best we can. That's appropriate for discussions, you know, on the private side, uh, you know, one-on-one types things, but not, not, it's not, it's not good for us to routinely lower ourselves to that kind of speech. We have to try to, to keep the, the conversation higher than that. So Avenatti abruptly locked his Twitter account on Tuesday, claiming that he had to because of attacks by bots and trolls. 4chan poster claims that Avenatti locked his account after he and his girlfriend broke the burner phones they'd used to communicate the hoax to Avenatti, leaving him unable to contact them after a flurry of phone calls over several days. Avenatti had used his Twitter account to make public the accusations against Kavanaugh and Judge. Avenatti made some of the accusations in a letter to the Senate Judiciary Committee on Sunday night. (laughs) Texts of the Avenatti tweet announcing the locking of his account via heavy. I was just forced to make my account private because the bots and Trump trolls are out in full force due to my representation. Re Kavanaugh. I will change this back as soon as I am able. But an image of the 4chan post was captured by Jim Treacher. Text and image posted below. Now, there's language here. I'm not going to, not going to, you know, not going to read that. But they posted an image of that frog, the, uh, the frog that has been made popular on Twitter. And it's a frog with blonde hair. And it's, it's the laughing face. And then, yeah, ooh. I, so I can't go over any of that stuff. That's that. So it says we break, it, they, they put out a timeline. It says, first, it says, gather in. It's story time. First, have someone give Avenatti a call on her burner phone. She tells him that she's a 51-year-old alumna of the private Holton Arms School and that Brad Kavanaugh and his buddy Mark Judge did these horrible things. Tells him she knows all the secret codes and then... Avenatti totally goes for it. Vol- very vulgar what's 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 written here. And then this person who's playing the hoax on Avenatti has him call the burner cell phone. He says he participates in the hoax on his burner cell phone by saying he is a classmate of Judge Kavanaugh and that he confirms that Judge Kavanaugh did these things. Then you hear Avenatti's wheel spinning. He thinks he's got the story of the year. He calls back to the first person who's the girlfriend 10 times and offers her a spot on Anderson Cooper 360 to tell the story live on TV. She says she can't be around men. You know, she's still playing, playing this hoax on him. She says, I, he, he says, well, why don't you do a one-on-one special with Poppy Harlow? So he's really in with the CNN folks. He's offering up spots on all these shows. She says she can't, but her car just broke down. The rent is due. She can't miss work. He offers her $20,000 to tell this story on TV. She cries. She doesn't want to lose her job. $20,000 isn't enough. Michael Avenatti offers, ups the offer to $75,000 and more. He says he'll even start a GoFundMe for her. She'll be a national hero. She says, yes, I'll do it then. He says, I'll wire you the money 
in two hours, but first you have to sign a CNN exclusive. She agrees, and he starts calling her nonstop to get this set up. She says, eh, I don't like the way this feels. It feels like he you know, might actually show up here or try to find us. Let's stop the scam. They break their bone burner phones. They break them. So they've got their burner phones going. This is how they're communicating with Avenatti. They break them, meaning when he calls them, now it's, it's showing this number can no longer be reached. You're calling a, no, a non-operational number. And then he disables his Twitter account because he's already been sharing all this information he's getting from these two hoaxers all over his Twitter feed. And mind you, he'd also sent this letter to the Judiciary Committee. So he's on the record as someone who and, and you know, it's not right to trick people, but he's looking for people to tell stories about Judge Kavanaugh. The, the bolder you set up to roll down onto your enemy rolls back onto you. What's that come from? The Bible. I, we have, um, we've talked about this before. The boulder you set up to roll on your enemy will roll down onto you. That's why in the Bible it says, don't set up traps for other people. It says, Whoever dig, digs a pit will fall into it. If someone rolls a stone, it will roll back onto them. New Living Translation. If you set a trap for others, you will get caught in it yourself. If you roll a boulder down on others, it will crush you instead. I mean, you know. So they hanged Haman on the gallows he had prepared for Mordecai. This is in the book of Esther. That man, Haman, was just out to kill all the Jewish people, and he especially had it in for Esther. And instead, he was the one who was hanged on the gallows. The gallows he had built to hang Esther and her family. Instead, he was the one who was hung on those gallows. Psalm 57, 6 says, they spread a net for my feet. My soul was despondent. They dug a pit before me, but they themselves have fallen into it. Selah. He who leads the upright along the path of evil will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will inherit what is good. That's Proverbs 28, 10. Ecclesiastes 10, 8 says, he who digs a pit may fall into it, and he who breaches a wall may be bitten by a snake. So, I mean, you know, you're going to be running around setting traps for folks, trying to trying to snare them up, trying to create a web of lies around Judge Kavanaugh. And, you know, he honestly, I think he's an honorable man, but he could be the worst kind of guy. But the way to get to who he really is, is not to set traps and to spread lies about him. If the truth is bad, it's going to come out. But instead, we just get to watch the boulders roll back on these folks. Hey, it's biblical. When we get back, we have more for you. Stay there. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. Back when I played professional football, the average salary was $47,000 a year, and most players made much less than that. So many of us had off-season jobs. I tried a lot of things, but I never really found the job I loved until I started coaching football. You may not find a career path that gets you excited right away, but wherever you find yourself, you can be who you were designed to be. Remember that the key is not what you do, but who you are. Evaluate every opportunity not by how much money you can earn, 
but by how effectively you can reflect Christ and live for Him in that situation. Tony Dungy, author of the popular Uncommon book series. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com. Netflix continues to ignore the outcry about 13 Reasons Why. The American Family Association, along with Parents Television Council and several other pro-family groups, have reached out to the streaming service, urging the cancellation of their program. Netflix has not even responded to our letter. Instead, they released an even more vile Season 2 and are producing Season 3. Netflix CEO Reed Hastings says their program is engaging and that it fosters discussion of taboo topics like suicide and sexual assault. But at what cost? 14-year-old Anna Bright and several other teens have committed suicide after watching the show. Hastings calls our objections propaganda. Does he feel the profitability of his company is worth more than the lives damaged or lost because of his show? Please sign our petition to Netflix, learn more, and share our action alert when you visit afa.net. And pray Reed Hastings will recognize the dangers of 13 Reasons Why. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is trying to salvage the flailing nomination of Brett Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court. McConnell lit into Democrats with a blistering speech on Monday. He accused Democrats of a, quote, smear campaign, which he described as even a new low. In a letter to the Senate, Kavanaugh says he won't withdraw. And McConnell says he won't yank the nomination. This fine nominee to the Supreme Court will receive a vote in this Senate in the near future. Some baseball teams start to mail it in toward the end of the season and not play as hard once they're out of the pennant race. That could be the case for Republicans with Kavanaugh, but McConnell knows they won't have a chance if they don't run out every ground ball. Moreover, forging ahead with a vote, even if the Senate rejects Kavanaugh, could help Republicans. It could be a tactic to weaponize a roll call vote on Kavanaugh against moderate Democratic senators facing competitive re-election bids from red states. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News. You can download episodes of Stacey of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. I've been pretty clear uh, since my beginning of service here in this administration. If you can't be on the team, if you're not supporting this mission, then maybe you just ought to find something else to do. I've told that to my senior colleagues. I've told it to junior folks at the CIA and the State Department. We need everyone who's engaged in helping achieve President Trump's mission. And I hope that everyone in every agency, DOJ, FBI, State Department, is on that mission. And if you're not, if you're not, you should take this time to go do something more productive. And I assume that talking about wiring the president, talking about the 25th Amendment, is not being on the team. Not remotely not remotely on the team okay that's that that means you're not on the team and that goes for anybody working anywhere um you don't have to leave before you have something else lined up but if you're working somewhere and you honestly look at your boss or your boss's boss or the people that you work for and you're like i can't agree with that every time i turn around that's not for me if you're running around and you're fixing your lips complaining all the time yes you should find something else you should um it's great job market lots of opportunities out there a get to step in. You don't need to be there. People on the team who work with you already know you're a complainer and a non-starter, and they don't want any of that up in their workplace. They're already thinking, you know, she'd be better someplace else. He, he would actually be happier someplace else. And you know you would, so just go ahead and go. 
Don't 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 hang around. If you're working for the Trump administration, you're like, I got to I got to resist, resist the urge to be an activist and go work somewhere else. Do you understand how many opportunities are out there? You're blocking your own blessings and you're setting yourself up to have the boulder roll back on you. If you think you're setting traps for other people, you're deceiving yourself. You think you have something awesome going on. And really, in reality, everybody knows they can't trust you. Everybody, it, the few people who are deceived by you, they'll never forget you. You'll, you'll always be that one person that they refer to as, you know, oh, you're disloyal like, you know, that one that we work with back in, you know, back in 2018, you know, because that's, that's a thing. You know what I'm saying? That's a thing. You make a name for yourself. Don't, don't be that person. Um, and so Mark Meadows had something else to say about this. It was, he says there's time to hold those at the Department of Justice and FBI accountable and that Rod Rosenstein needs to testify under oath. It's number seven. I think the time is now that we need to hold those at DOJ and FBI accountable. The time, it's past time, and it is time that we hold them accountable. Yes, without a doubt. It is time. So I think Rod needs to come before Congress this week and explain under oath what exactly he said and what he didn't say. I think it's time. Uh, I do, too. I think he should come on down, Rod Rosenstein. <laughs> You're the next contestant on under oath. What did, what did you say and why did you say it? I mean, it's it's not a big deal. If he has nothing to hide and he has nothing that, that he feels was untoward or if it really was just a joke that people were complaining and he, he kind of said a joke to kind of let the air out of the room, kind of deflate the situation and slow down the convo, then he, he could just say that. Look, people around me were upset and I can name the people. It was this one, this one and this one. And they were talking about how, the, you know, this this isn't working for us. There's too much chaos, yada, yada, yada. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? Wear a wire. And then everyone in the room kind of laughed uncomfortably and we moved on. That's a very, very plausible explanation. Or he could say, at the time, that's how I felt. But since then, I've come to respect the work of the Trump administration, specifically under the leadership of Donald Trump. He has absolutely shown himself to be not only capable, but masterful at his work draining the swamp. He could say that. Or he could say one of a million other things that I can't think up right now because I don't know his mind. But he should be made to answer for what has been, uh, you know, it, it it impugns his character and his his credibility, but it also points to this this idea that has been proven to be so by James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. They remember they broke their their news um, just a couple of days ago, their latest series of videos about people who work in the Department of Justice. And one person's already been fired. The one who was on camera on the button cam talking about how she works in the Department of Justice as a paralegal. She's a career paralegal and she routinely slows down the end of food stamps and things like that um, so that she can make sure that the Trump agenda is resisted. She's already been let go. You can't use government resources for your own personal political aims. Can't do that on the job while the taxpayers are funding you. Bye-bye. She's gone. So the other story that I wanted to really get to um, is this Google CEO. Uh, who's the CEO of Google? Sundar Pichai. Sundar Pichai. Um, he's going to meet with House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy and other Republican members because the White House is reportedly pushing a plan to open Federalist, federal antitrust investigations. So the White House plan to open federal antitrust investigations into companies like Google and Facebook for their bias against conservatives. And 
I'm not going to do a whole, you know, expose where I go before Congress, but just an example of what is happening on my Facebook page is um, there are like 76,000 people who like the page or follow it. So, and, and don't ask me what the difference is when you like a page as opposed to when you follow it. Either way, you're showing interest and you should get notifications. So there have been a few times over the past seven days, and this was after I had a particularly pointed conversation about abortion and um, the political party platforms that Christians need to adhere to our biblical worldview. And after our worldview interview with uh, Dr. Alex McFarland. And so you got all that going on. And then you have, I've, I have a number of things that I've posted where like 399 people saw it. Um, I had a video last week, a live stream where uh, I think it had 1300 views. I, I have set, so every week almost since the summer, I've gotten someone who says, I liked your page back in 2016. I liked your page back in 2012. I've been with your page since it was called Black Conservative Political Action. And I've not seen notifications from you for two years, four years, six years. One person said, you know, I got a notification from you today. And I thought to myself, maybe she'd gone into the private sector because I haven't seen you in so long. And, and I went to your page and it turns out you've been here the whole time. I've missed every bit of content because I haven't gotten a notification. And I don't hold this against people because I'm the same way. Out of sight, out of mind with social media. There's so many websites to go to. You forget to go to certain websites. And then when you go back, you're like, man, I've been missing all this good content. So, you know, you have to select get notifications and you have to select see first, but you can only have so many of them that you select see first on before they don't show them first to you anymore. And it's set up that way to tamp down on conservatives. How can I have like today I posted it's dastardly and sad. WashingtonExaminer.com story about Sarah Sanders slamming disgusting Democrats for exploiting Kavanaugh and Ford families. It's had exposure to 253 people, 22 likes, two shares. There's 76,000 people on here. Now, I know there are other pages that have a million on them, but how do I get to a million if they won't show people the content that's there so that they can share it so other people would say, oh, wow, I'd like to listen to that show or I'd like to you know, see postings from that show. And this is what's going on. I don't want government regulation of the internet or of these major companies, but I do want there to be a clear line. If you are a neutral public platform and you behave as such, then you operate with impunity. If you are not a neutral public platform, then we just remove the shield, the legal shield from you that the government provides. And then anyone can sue you. You know, you're, you're just like anybody else. But you can't have your cake and eat it too, Jack and Sundar. You can't do that. So we'll see what they do. Um, in a statement, Pinchai said he was looking. Pinchai said he was looking forward to meeting with members on both sides of the aisle and answering a wide range of questions and explaining the approach. Google, which declined earlier this year to send a top executive to testify at the Senate Intelligence Committee alongside Facebook and Twitter, disclosed last week that they still allow third-party developers to access users' Gmail accounts. Again, when do they wake up? It's like they need someone to come in there and smack them so hard they think about that smack three years from now. Conservatives have railed against the tech giant after President Trump suggested in August that they manipulate their search engine results to favor lib liberal media outlets. Well, they do. I mean, they do that. The Google search engine can't be used in China currently due to a firewall the government puts up to block certain websites. But Google is reportedly working on a censored engine that would remove sensitive content to appease the communist regime because they want those Chinese 
you know, monetary instruments more than they want to honor the American concept of free and unfettered access to information. Lawmakers, including Senator Marco Rubio, Republican from Florida, have blasted Google's plans as troubling and say that it implicates the company in human rights abuses related to China's rigorous censorship regime. The same China that just a few weeks ago we were reporting here on this show was burning Bibles, confiscating religious crosses and things like that, shutting down home churches, burning churches to the ground, persecuting Christians, making them pledge allegiance and, and fealty to the Communist Party and atheism, even though they're Christians. And those Christians over there are so on fire for Jesus. They're like, you'll never, you'll never take our Christianity away. You can burn our Bibles, but you can't burn the gospel that's in our hearts. I mean, they're just, we don't even know from censorship and, and persecution here in this country. And I pray we never know it. But that complacency that we have where we have access to the Bible, but we won't read it. We have access to good, clean praise and worship music, but we won't listen to it. You know, I, I saw, so I follow a bunch of people who do interior design on Instagram because that is my, that's like my passion and my, my hobby when I'm not working or doing family things. I like to, you know, do little projects at home. I like to look at interior design stuff online. And one of the sites that I follow, she was showing on one of the Instagram stories, she's got this dinner party that she's hosting and there's a bunch of people there and they're older people. And, um, as the Instagram story is progressing, she's showing like the table setting that she did. She's showing the house where the, all the stuff is. And I've never really watched any of her Instagram stories. This is my first one of this kind where she's doing an event, but it's clearly, it's a private function for friends of her and her husband. And then the music in the background begins to get a little louder with each segment of this video series. And I begin to realize that these people are all listening to rap music. They're kind of throwing a little dance to it. And, and, you know, do you do you. If you like listening to rap music, you know, whatever. But that's what they're listening to. Out of all of the things they could be listening to, they're listening to rap music. Now, I couldn't make out the words. And I don't recognize the new stuff anyway. Because I remember when rap was like, you know, it's almost bubblegum rap. When it was, it was much less of what it is today. Like, there's always been negative influences in it, but there were more songs that you could listen to and your, maybe your parents would be in the room and it wouldn't be a problem than there are today. And I just, I have to say, I I was really surprised to see her and all of her, these are, these are not young people. These are people, they're at least 10, 12, 15 years older than, than myself. Listen, just rocking out to this rap music. And that goes along with the genres that are most important. Rap is like the number one growing genre and other genres are shrinking to the back. And I just, it's crazy. But just think about the people in China and what they're going through with their communist government. Um, and, and then think about what we have to go through. And comparatively speaking, we are on easy street with, you know, skates strapped on. We're just doing fantastic. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. What, what will come of Google being forced to come on the carpet and explain themselves? Only time will tell. So I teased this in the first hour and I want to talk about it. And we're going to come back to this because this is an ongoing subject that we as Christians should be deeply concerned about, especially when less than 10% of Christians actively tithe and actively give to the church 10%. A tithe is 10%. Less than 10% of the church does that. Imagine what churches could do in communities if 
90% of Christians were tithing or 80%. Anything well above 50% were tithing. Well, a lot of Americans will say, I can't afford to tithe because I have to pay so much in taxes. And I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure I would disagree. Now, the concept of tithing is that you give the first of your income, so you give it straight away, and then you spend the rest. So you set your budget up to do that, which means you don't have to worry, you know, taxes, yeah, you got to pay them, but they don't prevent you from tithing. But the idea that Americans are spending, on average, more on taxes than food and clothing means our government is outsized in proportion with what we're being provided. This is according to the BLS, so miss me with your emails about how I'm peddling conservative talking points. Bureau of Labor Statistics is a part of our government. These statistics were released this month, and they refer to us in the statistical data as consumer units. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. This includes families, financially independent individuals, and people living in a single household who share expenses. These consumer units spent an average of 9,562 on food and clothing in 2017, but they spent an average of $16,749 on federal, state, and local taxes. Now, some of that you're getting your money's worth because that goes to the police, it goes to the fire department, et cetera. But some of that is going to Planned Parenthood. Yes, you know it is. Uh, the average 27 tax, 2017 tax bill included 7,819 in federal income taxes, 2,098 in state and local income taxes, and $51 in other taxes. Mm-hmm. Too much. Talk about it some more. But that's the show for today. God bless you. Think about praying for that wisdom and discernment on the news and information that you hear, that God would show you what the truth is and that he would make you wise. We can all pray that prayer. And so have a fantastic night. See you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of Urban Family Talk, Urban Family Communications, or American Family Association.